0: Kia ora, my name is Marianne Cotter and this is the Horse-Human Connection How we learn from horses. My guests throughout the series and I all know the outside of the horse reflects the inside of the human. From dreaming about horses as a young girl to now having two beautiful steeds, Thomas and Frosty, I know that my horses have taught me way more than I have ever taught them. So I started this podcast to speak with equine industry people and connect with others around the world and share the horse-human connection, how we learn from horses. Deirdre Ryan from Soda Horses, what a privilege, thank you for coming. So Deirdre, you bring over 30 years of experience in senior leadership coaching and facilitation within central and local government, education and social services. With your first-hand experience of leadership through the response and recovery phase of Canterbury and Kaikoura earthquakes and more recently through the COVID pandemic, you're a specialist in leading teams through uncertainty. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's a big responsibility and I'm sure a real passion. So, how does Salta Horses fit into that? Tell us the journey. Well, um...
1: Yeah, it sort of it started a wee while ago. Actually, um, I've always had this connection with horses, and um, ever since I was really little, yeah. um, and always found a way of weaving them into my life. And I was a bit, a bit like you, Marianne. Didn't grow up in a horsey family. Yeah, always found a way of kind of creating the conditions where horses could be around me. Sure. Um, and so it's something that's kind of almost been stamped on on my DNA. If you like, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. it's not a choice. It's just like yeah. what I've always done. Um, it's like be- breathing. <laughs> it's like breathing, it's yeah. just so natural and so sort of part of who I am.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I suppose over the years as I, you know, grew up and managed to um, find my my way, you know, being close to horses as much as I could, I moved into, um, when did I start? I decided I wanted to be, well, i have been riding for, you know, quite a few years, wasn't one of those people that got strapped on the back of a cute little pony when I was tiny, like I had to like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You had to go out and find it. I had to go out and find it and negotiate and um, wrangle ways of of being, you know, near horses and on horses and all the rest of it. But, you know, I did get to ride a little bit as I grew up. Um, And so it was a little bit later on, actually, when I started to really get into riding, I thought... I just kept on thinking this is there's a way of connecting horses with people somehow, mm. and the other I suppose parallel pros, uh, parallel passion I've always had is coaching people and helping people to reach their potential. That's something I just really believe is just so important. Like wow. that's the other part of who who I am yes. and on my the other part of my DNA. Yeah, um, and so I've always kind of found ways of doing that as well and tried to. So I decided I wanted to be a coach, an executive coach, and originally actually a life coach. So I did some training in 2006 uh, with a company called Coach they yeah. were an international company. I thought, yes. right, I'm gonna go offshore if I'm gonna do it. You know, go do big well, or go home. Yeah. <laughs> so um, did that training, and while I was doing that, one of, you know, part of my process in that and my own development was thinking, um, how can I bring horses and people together? I just didn't know how those two things were connected. Wow. Um, but I I knew sort of in me that intuitively that there was a connection there. Sure. So I asked that question of the tutors who and the um you know, the teachers who came from all over. One was American and they were like, Well, honey, you know, they're doing this stuff in the States all over and I'm like, What? Yeah. <laughs> really? And so that was just that was an epiphany for me. That was fantastic yeah so from there i um well, this was before the internet like i'm not i'm I'm like you know mature but like not that old, but not that young, so yeah, you know yeah. we didn't have webinars and we didn't have podcasts and stuff like that back back in those days, but somehow I got linked up to um being on a shared phone call with all of these other practitioners from all around the world yeah. who would get together. It was four in the morning for me um this would have been about two thousand and nine i suppose sure two thousand eight two thousand and nine. And they would share their experiences, share their knowledge. We had people like Linda Kahanoff, like some of those those original, Kathy Pike, um, yeah. all of those people who are just huge names now. Absolutely. And they were, they were talking about their work and what they did. So I was on the, these phone calls. And they couldn't, none of them could say Deirdre. They were all around the States, you know. Yeah. So they called me PJ because I was always in my pajamas. <laughs> I always had jet lag, you know, because I'd yeah, be yeah. like at work during the day, but I would have been up at between four and five. Uh, yeah, sure. So, you know, that was pretty incredible, really. I was probably the only person, well, I was the only person from Australia, New Zealand that did that. Wow. So um, it kind of just grew from there, you know, how things grow and evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: did you end up going to the States? To do some training couldn't either.
1: afford to go to the states so no didn't, yeah. didn't manage to do that um but that's where i found the Agala model which was an international model of equine assisted learning and therapy tell us about that um yeah the Agala model is um well as i say it's an international internationally based um i suppose it's a professional body really that grows learning and development and ther- therapy for people and horses around sure. the world and the great thing about Gala was that it was a, like a community of practice or community of learning. So people were, um, there were training offers, trainings offered all around, you know, the world. And mm. so there was a training come up, uh, must have been 2011, 2010, somewhere around and amongst all the earthquake stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I did my first training there and I, th- I was really grateful because I needed to have a, a good foundation, a good framework to hang the work off, you know. Sure. I didn't want to just be... I didn't want to be a person who loved horses, loved people, and wanted to help and didn't know what I was
0: doing. No, you know, you needed, it, it gave you a structure? Gave me a structure.
1: Yeah. gave me a professional uh, foundation, if you like, and an understanding of what the process was, where the risks were, where the opportunities were in terms of working with people. So, you know, I'm really grateful for that training that I had.
0: Wow, Um,
1: yeah. And I sort of continued with that, along that pathway, um, offering a gala, Sessions. Nobody knew what even a gala is. I mean, people probably still don't. It's learning and development and therapy, really. Wow. Equine-assisted learning yeah. and development. How um, do you
0: think it? How do you? Th- and I know you're going to mm, come to this, but I'm, I might be jumping in. Mm, but how do you think see the horse-human connection work mm, through a gala? What What are What are the mm, key things that come out for you?
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose um, quite a few things. And, and and just before I talk about yeah. that, I've sort of moved. Th- through, through a gala and now work studying, um, doing some study in equisoma, which is somatic experiencing, which kind of really aligns itself to your question really, really well Yeah. also. Somatic experiencing. Somatic experiencing. Wow. So that's all about um, nervous systems. We're all nervous system. You're a nervous system, I'm yeah. nervous system. Uh, horses bring their own nervous system. Yeah. So it's how do those nervous systems work together? Which is kind of the essence of that connection with between horses and humans. Also, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so I suppose what I see it, as I've evolved and I've um, you know developed my practice, so I'm I'm incorporating what I learnt from Magala, uh, what I'm learning from Equusoma, and also what I know from my coaching practice. Yeah. What I'm noticing, particularly when I'm in workshops, if I'm working in a learning and development space with people. Is that the horses have this incredible ability to do tons of things, mm. and you'll know about these, yeah. you know, from your own experiences. Sure. Horses are a lot like people. Yeah, horses aren't people. <laughs> oh, you know, people anthem- whats the word? Anthropomorph. Yes. You know, yeah, bye bye. Yeah, you know, yeah, that big yeah. long word. Yeah, something, 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 something. Yeah. Humanize them. <laughs> Put human emotions on them. That they're, they're not. Um, but what they can do is that they can. Um, they can pick up on how we're feeling. They can pick up on our nervous system and they can actually co regulate what we call co regulating. So, you know, if you see a horse in a, in a group of horses, you see one horse that gets uptight, the others get uptight. Yeah. Or if one gets uptight, the others may calm it. You know, if you putting a horse on a float for the first time, you might put it with a nice, calm horse. Absolutely. That's co-regulation. Yeah. So you get alongside someone who you might know yourself uh, from a human perspective, and it's a cal- they have a calming influence on you. That's yeah. co-regulation. So their right. nervous system is influencing your nervous system. Yes. So that's the first thing that can happen. Um, and so when we have people coming out for therapy, even if we have people coming out for Learning and development. <clears throat> the first thing that we do is get them grounded and alongside the horses, so that their nervous systems can start to co-regulate. They can move into uh, out of their heads, into their hearts, into their intuition, wow. and become fully present.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that's a great gift, isn't it? In this world, in particular.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And do you find people um, are open to that? Do you? Does it take time for them to? Be open to having that experience mm.
1: when they're coming to you. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that mostly they do. Um, I guess they wouldn't come if they didn't. Yes. If there wasn't a piece of them that thought that might be quite good. Yeah, even though if they don't know what that is, you know. Yeah, most people will experience um, something. Most yeah. people will experience something, and nature will conspire to help with that as well. So we've got the whole environment. We're outdoors. Often, with you know, people sit on the ground; they're literally grounded. Absolutely. You know, there's the breeze around them. There are the birds around them. There are the mountains overlooking us. You know, yeah. there are all of those things. It's never just one thing. But yeah, people generally do uh, get a lot from it. I haven't had many who have said, "Well, I don't, I don't know." I mean, some people say, "I don't, I don't know," but that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do do find that. So that's that first thing is that co-regulation. The second thing is that the horses can pick up on how we are. Mm. you know, in any given time. And there's no right or wrong about that because we're just humans. There's no good or badness about that. We don't have to be um, completely zen and having, you know, a whole full Dalai Lama experience to be able to walk (laughs) walk into the arena. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: We can be ourselves, but I think that what they're looking for always is congruence. They're looking for us behaving in a way that we're feeling. And if they feel that disconnect between how we're feeling and how we're behaving, I think that can... can, um, they can pick that stuff up. Wow. So they pick it up, but they don't judge it. Isn't that nice? Not yeah. being judged.
0: Absolutely.
1: So you're in a space where there's no judging. There's no um, preconceived ideas. They don't know. They don't care whether you drive a, um, you know, a V-Dub Beetle or whether you, you know, drive an Audi. They don't know. No. And they don't care. They take you for who you are. Absolutely. And what they care about is how you make them feel so yeah. they, don't, they don't care about who you are or what you do they care about how you make them feel and and that, and circling back to the leadership piece I think is that, um, you know, that's the same for us as leaders we have a responsibility to be aware of how we make people feel all of us, wow. leaders or not um, I think, yeah Mm. Huge. I could talk for
0: hours. Oh, no, please would. do. <laughs> so interesting. Um, so, when you're doing these workshops with leaders, it mm. must be some amazing aha mm. moments for them.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, there are.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, because it's, it's sort of a subconscious thing a lot of the time. People wouldn't be, you don't know what you don't know, right? No. So, you're really bringing that out. I can imagine it'd be quite emotional for some people.
1: It is quite emotional because already they're out of their um, out of their frontal cortex. They're not just using yeah. their intelligence, they're using their emotional intelligence. I think that's the big difference between, you know, your workshop you go to where you you know, and it's all useful stuff, but you know, you have your PowerPoint and you have your thinking and you have your whiteboard and you have your you know, your butcher's paper with your brainstorming, you have that piece, then there's another piece which is totally experiential. And that's, that's the point of difference with the work that we do with the horses. Wow. Um, so in those workshops, yeah, they are um, quite profound sometimes. Um, one that we did was, um, this was actually for first responders, because the other thing that the horses do can am- is can amplify what they're feeling. They can amplify a feeling amongst a group or they can amplify what's happening for people. Sure. So we ran a workshop about a year ago, actually. It was a day a bit like today. It was a beautiful, sunny day. A little bit cool, but um, quite nice. And we had uh, 13, 14 first responders come out to our facilities. You've been out to our place in our round pen there. Um, So I always start... um, Yeah, these people had come through a whole lot of stuff. They'd come through earthquake responses. They'd come through mosque attacks. They'd come through all kinds of stuff where they had been there for other people. Wow, yeah. And the purpose of this day was to bring uh, some self-care and self-nurturing for them and give them an opportunity to kind of let down and just... um, Be. Be, and just restore a little bit.
0: Wow.
1: So I always start these workshops with a... um, with a reading. So I've got a really beautiful book from um, written by a Hanema um, elder. Yes. Amazing person. It's a book yes. called Aroha.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and it's it's got lots of little whakatauhi in it. And um, so I, was, I read out something about being connected with nature. Well, I was so you know, immersed in doing this that my assistant, Hayley, um, was watching. She keeps an eye on what's happening with the horses. And so I read this piece. Everyone kind of got grounded. And then she was like and i was like what and we i turned around and the horses had all lay down they all lay down all four of them they stayed lying down for an hour so all of these people went and lay down next to them (laughs) wow (laughs) it was extraordinary i mean if somebody tells me that stuff i could be sometimes i would have thought yeah right like mm, i don't know like you know that seems a bit weird to me, but it happened. So that so was. That a, would have
0: been so healing. Obviously, healing for the horses, but for those first for responders. For those people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's literally what they did. They lay down and sunned sun themselves in the sun, and people just lay down beside them. It's, Didn't touch them, just lay with them or sat with them, you know?
0: Exactly what they needed.
1: It's exactly what they needed. So, you know, we've had those sorts of things happening. Um, Another time we had a group come out who were slightly disconnected, kind of a... They'd identified themselves. They wanted to become closer, more cohesive as a team, and in particular um, with their leadership. So there was a little bit of a rub between the leadership and the team. Sure. So um, I asked them to, uh, as part of the day, to create something for each of them, to create something that represented... um, their place and their workplace, you know, their, sure. their their space and their place within the team. Yeah, one of them who was a, a leader, uh, one of the leaders, one of the main leaders actually went out to the side, and because we had balls and cones and all kinds of you know stuff. Yes. Uh, so people got got immersed in that, and this guy went over and he picked up a a trotting pole, you know, a big long one, and he stood there holding the pole, on his own. Um, so. Part of my role with this work is to facilitate what's happening, you know, because I don't know what's happening. It's all about what they know what's happening. Um, So each of them started to talk about their place and why they'd chosen what they'd chosen, and, you know, there were insights around that. And then I said to this, this particular person, I said, I'm really curious about what it was like for you to be standing out there, you know, on your own with this pole. Because the thing that had happened also is that one of my horses, Peggy Sue, uh, departed from where everybody else was and the herd and went and stood with them.
0: With this guy? Mm. Wow. So you'll
1: see um, there's a photo on the Facebook page actually that they allowed for me to show. So she stood with her head bowed just alongside while he held this pole up on, on his own. And he said, I'm really pleased that you asked me that because this is what it's like for me all the time. I'm out to the side holding everything up and I don't feel connected to you guys, and it's really hard. And he had an opportunity to talk about what that was like, being in that role. Now, the understanding and the empathy and the connection that came through from that was really quite profound. It was something that they took home with them.
0: Amazing.
1: Yeah, it was. And that horse picked up, that Peggy Sue picked up on that energy. Mm. And for who knows what reason, went and stood with him. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Powerful know. stuff. And I don't make any of it happen. I never know what's going to happen. So that's where it kind of helps when it comes to leading in uncertainty because you sure as hell never know what's going to happen then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. What what a powerful story. And what a powerful experience for those people. Mm. And because it's so experiential and you're out in nature and you're in your heart space, Mm. I'm sure the experience would last a long time.
1: It lasts a long time and it tends to stay with people. So... Mm. um, What I've noticed uh, is that I might see people, you know, two years later, three years later, and they'll ask about a particular horse, they'll ask, and they'll share the experience that they had with me, and so it stayed with them, it's almost like coming in in a cellular level, it's something that they've held with them, so it's memorable. Yeah. and Yeah, so that's where the opportunity comes up for me to ask, you know, how they can take this learning back into their workplace, what's going to be, what can they do differently?
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. really open the mind.
1: Opens the minds, open the, opens the hearts heart, a bit, Yeah. you know, just that, that hard stuff kind of falls away a bit and we start to realise we're all just humans. I mean, I think if this pandemic's taught us anything, it's just that we're just all, we're all just people trying to do the best we can, eh? Absolutely. We're trying to juggle so much, it just brought it all to the front.
0: Absolutely. Forefront. So... For you, like you were, you know, having this amazing experience seeing real change with people's behaviours and, and hearts and minds. What about for you personally? Mm. Like you've had to lead people through really challenging stuff. Mm. What's the, what's, what's, what's it, what, what are the horses, how have they helped you on challenging times?
1: Um, well, I think that they've, it's, yeah, it's great that you asked me that because I was thinking about it this morning actually while I was, um, you know, doing my jobs around the around the horses and thinking, uh, you know, how have they helped me? I think that they have resourced me over the years with all of the various experiences I've had, to to really build some good strengths. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, things like um, like resourcefulness, knowing how to ask people for help, sure and stuff. Actually, yeah, um, determination and courage, um, daring to be different, and having having that empathy. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to how they've helped me through times of uncertainty as well they've been the touchstone like they've been the constant yeah so they bring me back you know every morning I've got to get up and feed them take the rugs yep. off do all of that stuff <laughs> just yep. like many of us are yeah so we get to see the stars in winter eh, in the mornings yeah uh, we do see the moon set and the sun come yeah. up yeah um they're the touchstone they keep me grounded because I have to do that every morning and every night, regardless of what else might happen through the day. Yeah. Um, I think, in terms of my approach, I, I've learned, I've brought stuff that I think I've learned and still learning with horses, hopefully, into when I'm leading with people, so that I have, um, I try to be consistent. So that consistency, you know, like predictability. So I try to stay predictable Absolutely. and consistent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I try to stay clear so that um, even if I don't know what's happening, you know, thinking about things like the pandemic, you know, things as you know, things are changing. We're changing by the hour sometimes.
0: Sure. But yeah. being
1: clear about communicating what I did know and then, and then giving a feel for when, when I do know, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know, you know, sure. so getting, getting that across. Yeah. Um, and kindness is the other thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Being kind to people. Yeah, um, and I think that helps to build that kind of sense of trust so that even if everything else is going a little bit crazy around us or really crazy around us, we've got that core of um, kindness, consistency and clarity as much as possible. And I've found that people will can tolerate a lot if I can offer them that. You sure. know, they can tolerate a lot of discomfort but yeah. I can't let them down. So that's the other thing that horses have taught me is responsibility. So Absolutely. I, I cannot let them down. And yeah. I won't. I never, I never will if I'm able to. you know. I won't let
0: them down. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, as a rider and a lover, I, I can resonate with all of that. Yeah. And I think um, for, you know, my husband and son, I um, remember <laughs> when we was still at home, and I'd be rushing around or stressed about something. They'd say, can you just go to the horses? <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the yeah, horses. Yeah, I get that. And i come home, hiya, how are you, better now? <laughs> no, I'm good, I'm good, good. But they would kick me out the door, she needs to go to the horses. She's, she's stressing, get out of our space and go and yeah. connect with... Ah, uh, your other loved ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. My long-suffering husband, He. He's, it's the first thing he always asks on a Saturday morning, are you going riding today?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, geez. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're amazing, aren't they? Yeah. But the other thing I think they're amazing, and it, it has come up a few times with, with um, our past um, uh, speakers, is they're a great leveller.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. You know? Yeah. They, um, they they keep you pretty humble they keep you humble (laughs) Yeah,
1: they keep you super humble yeah and yet there's no room for ego which is quite hard really sometimes eh you know like that whole ego that sense of ego um, or being humble the opposite of ego I suppose is that humility is admitting when you've made a mistake you know going back and I've written a few letters of apology to my horses about things (laughs) over the years and they're just like welcome you know it's yeah. all good, does not matter. doesn't matter. yeah, just just do it, do it better next time, and I think that's they do. they they make me strive to be better, be a better horse person, but but to be a better human being.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so
1: they are great levelers, yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what an amazing journey. What an amazing thing that you share with others that possibly they were completely unaware of and looking at things in a different way. Mm. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you. It it is, and I just feel really lucky to be to be doing it. Um, to be able to do the work. Um, it's hard. It's hard to be, you know, get everything lined up so that I can do the work. Yeah. Um, it's just like everything else. If you really want to do it, you make it happen, don't you? You do. Um, but yeah, sharing that has been a real is a real joy for me. It does something good for me as well. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. It does something for me to yes. see. People growing and having those insights and kind of
0: softening a little bit. Yes, and they just soften. Yeah, filling the cup. Be, uh, I imagine um, after a mm. workshop and uh, with you know from what you've talked about, just seeing those results of people who completely unexpected mm. would be mm. such a beautiful gift.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is, and it's. I feel grateful that the horses. I suppose in a way, it feels like the horses kind of nudge me to do it. You know, they they nudge me to do it. They they're always, they always come up, um, they always show up, and they always just do the work. It's almost yeah. like you 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 set the, set it up, Deirdre, and we'll do the rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks
1: for starting the off, love. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We don't need you now. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll, Leave them with we us. We got it right.
0: <laughs> That is amazing. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else did I want to ask you um, I think you've just covered so much it's absolutely talked beautiful talked a lot yeah. no it's wonderful <laughs> yeah but um yeah, any funny stories or anecdotes around horses? I mean, we—they've given me such massive laughs over the years. Yeah, <laughs> usually at your own expense. But yeah, is there any funny stories that come to mind? They are funny, actually. Well, I think the thing that I remember
1: the most when I was just reflecting this morning before coming to to talk to you was about my really early days with horses. Mm. You know, um, because I wasn't—I didn't grow up in a horsey family. Um, we grew up in the suburbs in a big. You know, big family of six, big Irish, yeah, <laughs> Irish yeah. family. Yeah. Dad was in the army, you know, so he um, he was away quite a bit. But I always wanted to see, you know, horses. And I, whenever I heard a horse coming down the road, you know, in the yeah, suburbs, like, I'd yeah. run outside yeah. Yeah, yeah. and have a look at it. You remember doing that? Yes. <laughs> Set up jumps in the backyard, um, filled up buckets of empty paint, paint pails with <laughs> grass clippings, you know, all of that stuff feeding the pretend <laughs> horses, yeah, yeah. but but we did get, and I had a sort of a lineup of aunties and uncles who, when I think back on it, tried to help me out quite a bit, like, make this horse thing happen, because I was so obsessed with them, like, you know, oh I, I, yeah, so, you know, there was Uncle Ian, who, well, he showed up with a puppy, he was, you know, I don't even know who Uncle Ian was, he would have been some long distant, he was yeah. a shearer I think, he used to come into town and have a bit of a binge and buy us something, you know, for the family. Sure mum and dad well he showed up with a puppy one time and then another time there was uncle jim who w- used to win at the races quite a bit he showed up with a horse with for you know for me when i was like 11. wow in the backyard you know imagine mum and dad would have had their head in their hands like
0: <laughs> well he's turned up say that again he turned up he with had a, a
1: horse he bought a horse at the sale yards. Oh my god! You know, dream come true. Yeah, I'd be yeah, sitting in my yeah, maths yeah. class, looking out the window, dreaming about. Yeah, yeah
0: going getting to the. Horse. Uncle
1: Jim would show up with a horse for me. You wow. know, I don't. I don't know what happened to the horse, but, um, but we finally did. You, yeah, what I'm coming to, is that we finally did get our own horses, and we had them out the back. My, um, Dad set up some fencing, which was never particularly good, so they got out all the time. <laughs> They always got out. So I think I slept with my eyes open for about 15 years, you know, because yeah. i am be like, what's going to happen next? Whose <laughs> yeah. garden are they going to end up with? Yeah. yeah. So they'd go across the road to the convent. They'd be in, the, especially Barney, one of our, we had two of them, um, get into the convent, into the orchard and eat the apples off the trees. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Gould next door. He was our neighbour. He was our go-to. he had, every now and then he'd you know you'd hear the the foots you know the horses running down the road. Well, he'd like, come and get no. me. and We'd drive round and find them. Yeah. Um. I was in class at school because we lived very close to the school. You know, daydreaming about horses and blow me down if our two didn't run across the playing fields. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just be be back in a minute. Yeah. Um. So I got my hat and gloves and ran out and jumped on and took them home again. I think the furthest away they got was over to Avonhead, where the cops rang us because we had by then we'd got wise, so we put our phone number on the horse covers. The cops <laughs> rang us and said we've got the, we've got your two horses, and they would had them going down the middle of Avonhead Road, with, and they would jump out every now and then and give them a bit of bread, you know, to keep them happy. Amazing. So yeah. I think those were the most active times. I don't know if I ever did any riding. I spent most of the time <laughs> Just running fixing around up to these, and catching
0: up, them. Yeah, rogue horses. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: What a great story. But um, I, I do love them, and I've, I always have, and um, always got into trouble at school for, you know, Dad got called in by the teachers saying, um, yeah, you've got to, you know, that parent-teacher, you know, yeah. discussion got a problem all your daughter does is draw horses and trees yeah. you know like what a problem to have <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, I know. Like, and what a godsend that was and isn't that telling you well, something you it. want to be sitting here no yeah. no no that's yeah. right
1: but um yeah no it's it's a real journey and I think that the thing I've learned the most is um you know you can't do this stuff on your own like the no, other people help a village. you yeah yeah it does it takes a village and yeah. other people get ignited by this and they believe in it and on the days when I think, I'm deluded, I don't know what I'm doing with this yeah. stuff, um, you know, the horses will bring it back and we will do a workshop and there will be these insights and learning for people that they just take with them. Um, and, you know, you can't put a dollar value on that. No.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing um, journey and what a great life you have. Thank wow, you. living the dream, girl. Thank you, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So just in closing, hey, there's amazing stories that you've told us about sold Horses. I'm sure that there's great opportunity and a lot of people are really interested in what you do around communication and leadership and it uh, just goes across such a massive, mm. broad range of um, roles and um, businesses like everyone needs it mm, right mm. so hey how do people um, find out more and get in touch with you did you? um well there's
1: two ways so you can have a look on our websites which is um just punch in there salta horses yeah. um one word and um the website comes up there you can look on our facebook page or you can give me a bell 021 sure.
0: yeah. brilliant
1: and that's salta s-a-l-t-a s-a-l-t-a yeah brilliant. spanish for leap the leap. love it. Yeah, awesome. Leap into horse time. Come see us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. This has been a Door Brothers Studios production with executive producer CJ Door and co-producer Mary Ann Cotto. Oh, Fucking giggles. <laughs> <laughs> You're delirious now. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>